Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the very first episode of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition for 2019. Uh, my name is Joe Marcellina. Joining me uh, once again this season, as we did all last year, uh, Dairy Field head coach Chris Hetler. Chris, thanks again for uh, for agreeing to do this and uh, stopping and taking a, a night out of your week to to talk about some lacrosse. Well, thanks for having me back, Joe. It's great to be back. Spring has sprung. The, the weather's been great the last two weeks, and uh, excited to get the season going. Yeah. Uh, we are once again recording this at Riverside Barbecue in downtown Nashua. Uh, you'll be able to listen to the show uh, once again every week, uh, Thursday mornings uh, at nh-highschoolsports.com. Uh, also be on iTunes if you prefer to listen to it there. Uh, of course, we encourage you to, to reach out, you know, give us some feedback or ask us some questions. Uh, you can do so by emailing nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com, or you can get at me on Twitter at nhhsports. Uh, I don't know if you want to give out your Twitter handle or if you <laughs> if you want to you want to be hearing from people or not. But no, yeah. we had a great response today. I reached out to a bunch of coaches beforehand, and uh, the coaches were great. We got some got some great information tonight, and uh, happy to to share it out. Um, you know, the landscape of uh, lacrosse here in New Hampshire continues to grow and grow, and we got a gr lot of great players out there to highlight tonight. Before we actually get into what we might see on the field this year, uh, I want to bring up uh, the announcement that went up on nh-highschoolsports.com today. Uh, you guys are once again going to be featured in the season. Uh, tell me a little bit about why you got you wanted to do that and, and what you're hoping uh, what hope how it'll turn out. Sure. Well, I, I mean, obviously, we hope it ends well, with the yeah, championship. Yeah, again, I guess but, that's, uh, that's probably no, a silly it, question. The, the real the real reason was I thought it was a unique opportunity to come full circle. Our, our seniors were freshmen when we did the back in 2016. It was a really neat experience. It gave a lot of them, uh, you know, some good experience with public speaking and getting in front <laughs> of a camera. And, uh, you know, it was a nice keepsake at the end of the year. And obviously it, it worked out well because we won. But I think no matter what, it's just a really fun way to chronicle the season and um, to kind of get And this year. This time we're going to get all our team involved. Every one of our guys is going to do interviews. We're going to have uh, wrap ups after games. Um, you know, all kinds of all kinds of fun stuff. So um, just a just a really cool way to get all of our guys involved and parents and fans and um, really looking forward to it. The last one was fun, and I'm sure this one will be. Yeah, I now uh, you know I'm a, uh, I'm a couple more experience or a couple more years experience with this. So now I really know what I'm doing. So that'll help. That'll certainly help with uh, the production uh, end of it too. Uh, you know, and those for those of you that didn't see the announcement, we'll be starting um, running these episodes uh, April 8th, uh, which is just so happens to be the first day of the regular season so you know if you uh you wake up um you know monday that monday morning and you really uh really can't wait until the afternoon to get your your lacrosse fix you'll be able to watch the, the first and I episode assume, Joe, of that. this will be something that you want to you want to you've done it for the last couple of years you want to keep it going so if coaches if other that teams too, wanna, yeah, if other yeah. teams like it and want to get their teams involved i'm sure reach out to you yeah absolutely um yeah if you see this and and you're a coach or you know you're a parent and you want to talk to your coach about it, your kids' coaches about it, uh, or for your kid, um, you know, and you 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 think your team belongs on there, you know, in the future, uh, yeah, feel free to let us know. Um, again, nhhighschoolsports uh, at gmail.com is the the best way to get a hold of me. Uh, so let's let's jump in today. We wanted to um, discuss uh, the boys lacrosse landscape. Uh, there's a lot going on, a lot of movement going on. We had a couple teams. Of course, with at the beginning of uh, the NHIA's two-year cycle, a um, couple teams moving around, not quite as many as maybe in years past, but I think the, the biggest move 
Um, you look at Division One, and you're adding three new teams in Timberlane, Dover, and Keene. All three playoff teams in Division Two last year, swapping them out for uh, Manchester Central and Merrimack. And, and, uh, and, and West Memorial, Memorial West, which had been in D2 last year, was going to be in D1 for about five minutes and then moved, you know, got moved back down probably where they should be. Um, yeah. But, you know, it, it, um, you know, as we were kind of talking beforehand, you look beyond what we assume are going to be the top three teams in BG, Pinkerton, Exeter, and it's kind of a, a wide open run for the, the last six playoff it's, spots. It's going to be a really, really fun year, I think, in Division One. I mean, I think there is clear separation between Pinkerton, BG, and Exeter in the, in the field. But the field, I would say, is as wide open as it's ever been. And the hunt for the four through nine spot, I believe, officially right now, the NHA is we, we've got nine that, teams that's what in list, that is what is listed. making the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I think that hunt is wide open. I mean, you know, we were playing around on paper, and traditionally, you know, that sort of tier two, you would put Bedford, Sauhegan, Londonderry, the traditional blue bloods of Division One. But with the movement and players coming out, I think you could see Dover, you could see South, Concord, Salem, Timberlane, Hanover. I think Keene and North are a couple years away. I think they're definitely rebuilding right now. Um, so it might be a little struggle for them this year. But as far as you've got ten, nine to ten other teams that could all make the playoffs this year. So it's going to make for a really exciting regular season. Of course, as we mentioned, the top teams, I mean, it's been a, a BG Pinkerton final. I believe the last six years in a row and, and seven out of eight, something like that. Um, Pinkerton, of course, coming out with an upset win last year in the final over BG. Um, you know, I think at the end of the year last year, we looked at it and kind of thought that, you know, Pinkerton would definitely be right there um, coming into this year. BG, we weren't quite sure. I mean, because they were graduating, you know, something like, what, 23 seniors? Huge senior class, um, yeah. Very talented very, class. Very, very talented. I mean, and, of course, they had some talented kids coming back. But, you know, it, it looks now kind of like those teams, it, you know, might be a little bit more even than we first thought. Yep, absolutely. But I think both uh, Coach O'Reilly and Coach Cameron at the, at the coaches' meeting both talked to me, and, and um, they're very high on Coach Holly's team. Um, Exeter has put in a lot of hard work. They've got a great youth program, and we'll dive into some of their guys, but they are definitely a championship contending team, um, one that would, should, should strike fear in a lot, of, a lot of teams as they go up against them this year. Um, but why don't we dive in? Let's, let's start with the returning yeah. champions there um, in Pinkerton. And I think, um, you know, their season is, is going to hinge on the play, in my opinion, of Gianna Mara and, and his ability to control the face-off X this season. They've got some very talented kids returning on the offensive end. They've got a strong defense. They've got two goalies in, in Sweeney and Hassler that can both play. I would expect both of them to play this season. Um, but I, I think Gianno is, is kind of the weapon that uh, could make or break Pinkerton's season. Uh, you know, he kind of came out of almost nowhere last year to, to be the top face-off guy in the division. Um, you know, when from talking to him, um, you know, at the start of the spring, he really, I, you know, I asked him, like, why or how, did, how were you able to do it? And, and it just, you know, was hard work, repetition, just, you know, it wasn't anything that he, you know, learned before. It was just working at it over and over and over again. Um, and I think he might have even surprised some of the, the people out of Pinkerton that with how successful he was. And you look at what ended up happening in that championship game, and it was, I, I mean, you could argue it was the deciding factor, was that he was able to, to consistently win faceoffs in that first half and, in the and, wing, and get in him the a wing lead. play yeah. around him, the ground yeah. balls in that yeah. game. Um, 
But I think the other thing, you know, Pinkerton has has a, a pair of brothers on the team there, the Druin brothers and the McCormick brothers that are going to play a big role in their, yeah. their success this season. Mason Druin, arguably along with Sean Cameron, two of the two of the top middies in in, uh, in Division One this year. So those guys are going to be huge for him. I think the other big storyline there is is Ryan Osier and the health of Ryan Osier. I don't think it's any secret at this point the the shoulder injury that he sustained during football season. Will he be ready for the spring? You know, a, a Bryant commit, he's got a, a college career that he needs to look out for. How healthy is he? Will he be able to go 100%? Um, if he's on the field, again, their offense becomes very potent, and if they get the ball off the faceoff, they're going to put a lot of goals in, in, on, in, in the back of the net. And, of course, you know, there's always rumors with something like that. We've, I, I don't know, I've, I've heard someone say that, oh, he's going to be back before the end of April, and others, he's not going to be back until June. And, and really, it's... I think, you know, with the way medicine has progressed, you know, any, anything's possible there. I know um, Max Horton, a defenseman from my team, had the, had the same injury and had, had surgery during the summer. And it was a solid six to eight months before he was, he was ready to go. And uh, so, you know, Ryan's timeline might have sped up. Um, you know, I'm sure, they'll, I'm sure he'll make the right decision and he'll come out when he's ready. But um, You know, and it, it sets up kind of an interesting potential for – something similar that happened with them last year was getting uh, Chris Valentine, who was a, a talented senior, missed most of the year with uh, was a broken wrist or a broken yep. hand and came back, you know, I think Played for the semifinals yeah. and, and ended up playing a huge role in the championship game. Yep. Yep. So, you know, and I think um, they don't have, I think in years past, they would their, their backbone would be their defense this year. They do have, they have Zern, Sacariccio, and Holland returning. And we, as we talked about, Sweeney and Hasler, Hasler and Nett, um, maybe not quite as it, quite as strong as it has been in years past, but still a very a very tough defense to get through. So, you know, again, Pinkerton's loaded, and as a school of almost four thousand kids, they sh- they should be loaded. So, yeah, yeah. definitely, I would I would have them coming in as, as the returning champions, as, as the favorite. As, yeah. As the favorite. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, you know, the question I think is uh, how much further behind is BG at this point? Um, you know, it looked early on like we might be able to. F- We'd get that question answered pretty early in the season. For whatever reason, they were scheduled to play April 16th, which is, you know, eight days into the regular season. Um, but that game's kind of up in, up in the air as it was to be played at Pinkerton. Their field's still, you know, going under, uh, under construction as they transition from grass to turf. Thank God. <laughs> um, you know, so not, no word yet on when that game is actually going to be played, uh, where it's going to be played. Um, but you know how? What do you think right now is what? What's the gap? Between well, the, the, separa- two of them? the separation really between the two teams is at the faceoff X. Um, BG lacks a returning proven Fogo right now. They're going to rely on a freshman in, in JJ Murphy and probably some probably some deep hole play, um, some creative wing play. Um, JJ's done a great job in the off season. Um, he's really honed in on the craft, and I, I think if he he can surprise a lot of guys, he's a wrestler, so he's built for it. Um, so, it, you know, kind of I think their season can kind of hinge on on that as well. Can they get the ball enough? I think they're going to have to get creative and play aggressive. I think they're going to have to ride really aggressive. You know, a trademark of Chris Cameron teams in the past has been an aggressive ride where they haven't had to do that the last couple of years. I think you may see that more and more. They're a pretty athletic team, and I think they can, they've got a lot of depth there in the midfield. Um, so I think you're going to see them try and play a very up-tempo game this year. You know, I think um – you know, obviously, you mentioned you mentioned Sean Cameron. Um, who are some other guys that are going to have to kind of step up? I mean, because they they lost 
what I think five out of the the top six mm-hmm. uh, on offense there. You know, I think uh, I think a guy like Ben Abladian is going to have to have a big year on attack. Um, they had a couple kids come in. Um, uh, Nick McGovern and Dawson Clark, I think, are two impact guys for them right away. Uh, da- Dawson was at, at Bedford last year. He's going to be a starting attackman for him, and Nick was a, a standout midfielder at Bow. Um, he's going to be a very good player for them as well. And, and James Heitmiller has been playing just absolutely lights out lately in net. Um, all, all indoor season, he looked great. Um, if he can have – he's a recent Franklin Pierce commit, and if he can have the kind of season that he's capable of – uh, that can that can help a lot too because if you're not if you're not winning the faceoffs you got to make stops you got to get turnovers right. and if James can be just a wall and net that's another way to get the ball back and get it up and out and and I mean that comes in big too because they lost a lot of the defense too they're going to be young on defense this year I would I would foresee uh, a Hearn, uh, Aiden Ahern Matt Frechette and Andrew Pollard probably starting on defense I'm not sure if they're going to play an LSM or not I don't think they have a true one but um, those guys are pretty young but they're very talented so. Um, again, they'll be they'll be young, but uh, I, I think still a, a pretty strong defense there. And um, the other, they, they have the the, uh, the Kylie brothers from uh, from upstate New York who played on a sweet uh, sweet lax team. Mm-hmm. They're very good. They transferred in as well. So there's a, there's a lot of depth there. Yeah, yeah. Um, not quite as much as last year, I would I would assume, but but you know still still pretty good. Yeah, still, still pretty, pretty good. good. What about um, you know you, you, we're talking about Exeter being you know maybe a, a right there with them. Um, why is that? What What do you think this year is is the reason that they're going to be pushing the top two there? Well, uh, you know, I think for them they're going to have they're going to have stability in net. Henry Vote is a is a very very strong goaltender. Uh, recently committed to Merrimack College, uh, who's going to be division division one in another year. Um, so that's kind of going to be the backbone of their team there. And then um, you know they have uh, they have a kid in Spencer Clark who, as a freshman, was All State. Uh, Connor Flanagan. Who's committed to Assumption? He's going to be he's going to be a key at midfield for them too. Again, similar to other teams, they lack a true faceoff guy. Spencer Clark has the ability to be a, a really good faceoff guy, but again, that takes a lot out of you, and you get beat up. So, how much they want to use him in the faceoff circle, we don't know. Um, you know, and then Coach was kind of modest. He didn't even mention his own son. Connor Holly is a very good midfielder for him as well. He played on the Under Armour team for me last summer. Um, he'll add some nice depth there. He's got a senior in Wyatt Carr on attack, who's going to be very good for him, looking at possibly doing a prep school year, trying to play a little bit higher level. And then um, a kid who I really like on defense, big, tall, strong kid, Andy, Th- Andy Thompson, um, will help to replace some of the guys they lost there. I think that's where Exeter, you know, because they have Henry and Net, they're going to be fine. He's going to cover up a lot of mistakes, but they're going to have kind of a green defense back there. They yeah. lost some very good players on, on defense last year. You know, wa- watching him play goal, too. I mean, he's, what, only a junior? Yep. Um and it feels like he's been around f- forever. I mean, that's, that happens with kids that start playing at such a young, or get on varsity at he's such a so young age. He's so calm and composed. He commands the defense. He's just he he's so much more aggressive too, um, yep. in terms of coming out and and just challenging guys than a lot of other goalies that you see, um, I think in the state. And it's just it's a, uh, at time I think you for me I get you know you're not used to seeing that when you see him do it. It's like oh what are you doing. And then he comes up with just, you know, an incredible play. Um, and he's very strong in the clearing game as well. You know, that's the, that's the thing. He's not just a ball stopper. He's one that can create transition and create offense for them. So I think that's another reason why Exeter is so dangerous this year is that they're going to be able to play a lot of guys. They have a very strong freshman class as well. There's some names that we haven't quite heard yet, but I think as the season goes on, um, you're going to get to know some freshmen from, from Exeter this year. If you were to – 
uh, maybe this is a, a, a tough question because of what we were saying with with there being, you know, so many teams in the next tier. But if you had to pick one right now, who's the team that is the other, the in fourth? In tier two. In fourth? Um, I'm going to go. Or, or let's say let's say the other semifinalist, I guess. If we're, if we're saying that those three are going to be our picks for, for think, making the final four. I think coming into the season, I would have said, I would have told you Londonderry. But, um, you know, recently we found out that, that Jeff Wiedenfeld and Jay Collin aren't going to be playing this season right. for various reasons. Um, with the loss of those two guys, I think it, it brings them down just, just a little bit. And believe it or not, I, I would take a team that didn't make the playoffs last year and put Sauhegan as that, as that fourth Sauhegan. team. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I love their roster. I think they've, they're very talented there. Again, not super deep, but if they stay healthy, I think that was one of the things that hurt them last year. Is they had a lot of injuries. Um, you know, uh, Jack Manning and uh, I believe Curtis Red was out for a little while. Um, you know, they just they got decimated by injuries and a very tough schedule. But when they're healthy, they're going to have Tyler Hall, Luke Savilio, Nick Jordan, uh, recently committed to playing college. He's on he's on attack for them. Riley Longhorn. Uh, Lawhorn, he's he's great between the lines. He another kid that played on the Under Armour team and with he's, me. He's just a sophomore. He's just right. a sophomore, super athletic. And then um, and then you've got John Loans and Net, who you know is just a very solid present. Another athletic, another athletic kid that can that can create transition. So um, I'm and gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say and say Sauhegan's gonna go from not yeah. making the playoffs to possibly being a Final Four team. Yeah, you mentioned uh, Loans too, and you know being the quarterback of the football team, having that kind of kid as your goalie, I imagine. You know, because that's uh, almost, I mean, is that kind of like the a comp? Like you, you say quarterback of the football team, point guard in basketball, goalie in lacrosse in a sense? You don't have to have it, but when your goalie is a strong communicator and can command the, the defense and also is a reliable ball stopper, it just it, it brings up the level of, of play of all the guys around you because they just play with more confidence and they know if they make a little mistake, then that, that can be covered up by, by a good goaltender. You know, I, I would definitely include them as a team that, um, you know, could end up in that spot. One that I really liked, um, you know, we watched them the other day uh, in a scrimmage was Nashua South. I think, yeah. you know, they, they're going to take some lumps early because of just how young or, or how inexperienced they are on defense. Um, but their offense is, you know, it's mostly juniors and sophomores, and they're not very big, but they got a ton of experience last year because they were kind of beat up with a, with a few injuries there, and they had to kind of go through, you know, it, at the beginning of the year, their offense was going to be Devin Linscott and Sean Holland, you know, kind of carrying the load, and Holland got hurt in the first game, I think the first half of the first game, and really didn't play until late in the season. So it was kind of like these other guys, these five other guys have to, you know, step up really quick. Watching them the other night, I was really impressed with the organization and discipline they had on offense. They ran some great sets. The kids worked together as a team. It wasn't one guy just trying to dodge through a bunch of guys. Like, there was some really good off-ball play, some really pretty goals as the game went on. They look, I mean, they look like they were in midseason form. They've clearly been been out and on a full field. Um, They were very impressive in indoor this winter. They are, you are correct, they are young in goal. They've got a freshman in Ethan Johnson and uh, a sophomore in Dominic Pasquale, both very similar in stature. They both, they don't take up a lot of net, but very athletic, but again, inexperienced, and, and along with that defense, um, they're going to need to win faceoffs. but their faceoff guy played really well yeah, the other night. Yeah, and it looks like they threw a bunch of football players on their, on their defense, uh, which, I, I mean, if they can figure it out fast, you know, it certainly doesn't mm-hmm. hurt in terms of, you know, having that physical presence. 
back there. Um, I, you know, just because of proximity, I mean, I, I live 10 minutes from Stellos. I see a lot of games over there. I've seen South Scrimmage a lot in the preseason. I got to say in the last five years or so, this is probably the best that they've looked at this at this point. They would be a very, like if they were playing Division Two or Division Three. I mean, they, they're clearly size-wise way bigger than that, but they, right. would be, they would be one of the top teams in yeah. those divisions yeah. right now. They, they were very impressive the other night. Yeah. Who, um, you know, we talked a little bit about the teams that are moving up, and, and both we both seem to be in agreement that, you know, it wouldn't surprise us if, if two of those teams, Dover and, and Timberlane, you know, at the end of the year are playoff teams. Um, and you look at Dover's roster, and while they lost, you know, some very good talent from last year's team, they returned some, some very good kids. They do, uh, and they are a team that does not lack for a face-off guy. They have a kid, Cam Lent, who uh, he, he goes away to ski school, but when he comes back, he, he's a very strong face-off guy, one that we had to game plan against last year, that when he, uh, when he can take face-offs, um, he can come down and create instant offense. I know they're actually looking to create – they have another kid who's pretty talented too. They want to take that pressure off of Cam because, man, that kid, when he gets his hands free, he can, he can shoot the ball and shoot it hard. Um, they also return Andrew Housley as a midfielder. He's another big, big, strong athlete that can shoot hard. Uh, Sean Gallippo on attack. Uh, Kyle Ferrario at midfield. So they've got some midfield depth there. Um, they have uh, Sebastian Cook back in net this year. Um, they, they've got a good team. I, I think I, they, they definitely should be a top-nine team in, in coming in this year. And then you look at Timberlane, who's maybe got one of the most dynamic scorers in the division in, in Matt Lakata who's um, going to Utah next year, or not, two years, I'm sorry. Um, had a chance to chat with him earlier this spring, too. And he seems, I, they, you know, it's one of those, it's, I, I think when they first found out they were going to get moved up, there might have been a little bit of, uh, geez, you know, why, you know, why are we moving up? Um, but from what it sounded like this week when I was out at Timberlane, um, they seem pretty excited about just, just getting that challenge, how, how it's going to go. Maybe they don't, you know, they don't want to say, but they're they're going to be fine outside the big outside the big three. I think they're going to compete very well with the with the other teams there. And and as you talked about, Matt Lakata is the kid that's going to draw headlines. Committed to Utah, but then they've got they've got two other uh, midfielders and Cody Fleming and Vaughn Barroza that I, I think are very good players that are going to going to surprise a lot of teams this year. Um, you know, and Coach Blaska, he's done a great job of developing his defense over the years. Uh, he's got some really good athletes out there, and they're playing really well. So I, I think that's a team. I, I expect them to make the playoffs as well with nine teams making it. Yeah. Um, you know, any any other uh, guys that you want to highlight or that you think we should highlight um, coming into this year? Well, I think we'll have a better. Um, we play we play Hanover in a scrimmage this weekend, so I think you and I will have a better better uh, idea of of what Hanover has this season. They're always, they're a team that always um, starts a little bit slow just because of their proximity. I mean, coach sent me a, a picture this week. They've got, they've still got a row of ice going down the middle <laughs> of their field right now. So they, this will be their first time getting out on a full field. So, you know, depending on their schedule, you almost hope that maybe you play some of the, the really big boys early and just get those out of the way so that you're peaking at the end and, and kind of go on a run. Which I think um, they did last year. I think they, they played yeah. BG and Pinkerton on the road to start the season. It was like, yeah. I think we were joking last year, it was one of those things where you almost you just get a, a hotel down in Nashville <laughs> and stay down there. Um, but, you know, I think I think we kind of hit on it there that, you know, Division One. I, I think, you know, there's definitely the separation of the top three. And then after that, you know, um, you know, we didn't even really mention Bedford, um, you know, and that's a team, traditional blue blood right there. I think their season is going to rely on can they get enough help around Ryan Toscano. 
right? Can they, you know, Allstate, you know, going to going to uh, going to UNH next year to play football? Just a beast on the field. You know, will will there be enough other guys around him to help help put the ball in the back of the net? Yeah, I think um, you know they're from what we saw, you know, over the winter. Um, you know, they might struggle at times just because of numbers and. That's what it felt like, at least. Uh, well, they, you got to remember too. They're 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 a school that has a lot of kids that that play other sports, basketball, hockey, things like that during the winter. They're, I don't think numbers are going to be a huge issue for them coming out. I think I expect them to have a, a, a big roster again. But it's it's who, like we said, who who are the guys that are going to put the ball in the back of the net? Can they get the ball? Do they have you know? Are they going to be able to face off and get the ball as well? Um, but, you know, a strong, a lot of pride in that town and, and, and good athletes. So, you know, again, they're in that mix to make to make one of those nine playoff spots. So one thing I also wanted to look at with Division One, um, you look at last year and, you know, BG and Pinkerton have in the recent years really started to step up their out-of-state schedule. And I think last year combined they were something like 10-1 and one very against, yeah, yeah. W- um, against their out-of-state opponents. Um, you look at this year. And it's, you know, it, it's just as, as difficult a schedule as for them. You look at Pinkerton has got six out-of-state games this year. They go on the road to play Lincoln, Sudbury, Medfield, and Longmeadow all in April. Um, you know, and then they've got home games, a, a Saturday night game, which I'm really looking forward to against Hingham. Um, they get Cohasset at home. And then in the last game of the season, they go to Andover. Um, I mean, that's... Look at the look at those first look at those first four games for for well four out of the five games so they they have a they open up against Nashua North and then they go Lincoln Sudbury the day after they've got Exeter two days later they've got Girton Potent- on the 16th and then, yeah. and then Medfield Medfield on the 20th that's that's a great that's a but, great yeah, stretch right potentially there potentially on the yeah that we don't know if that game is going to get moved or not then you look over at at, at what BG's got um, you know first Thursday night of the season they're they're hosting Needham. Um, you know, a couple of weeks later, they they get BC high at, at Stelos. Um, go to Zavarian Brothers this year. They get Reading at home. Um, and then that annual game against Duxbury. I believe that one is going to be back at... Um, Will it be the neutral site? Uh, yeah, a neutral yeah. site again after they played a um, home, a home and home, home, and home last yeah. the last two years. Um, I don't think either one of them liked the, the travel involved with that. Um you know, so they both have pretty tough um, out-of-state schedules. You know, Exeter's got a couple of games uh, against Cohasset and Acton Boxborough. Both they had a really home. impressive win against Acton Boxborough last year. A yeah. traditional, you know, Division Two team from Massachusetts that's won a state title. Um, you know, that was a great win for them last year. And what's really kind of unique about their schedule is is they play Acton Boxborough at home on May sixth, and then they only have one home game the rest of the way. Uh, if this schedule is actually accurate. I mean that's uh, that's a tough schedule. You go Acton, Boxborough, Londonderry, Concord, Pinkerton, BG, Derryfield, all in a row, all away. That that's that's a tough schedule. There yeah. they do have some they do have some rest in there a little bit, but you know constantly going on the road like that is a t- is a tough schedule. You know Bedford still has a couple of its out of state games. They're also hosting Acton, Boxborough this year. They play at Cape Elizabeth. Uh, I you know I think Nashua South has. Uh, at least a couple uh, Chelmsford, uh, Broomfield, which I don't, I, 
I don't know what where that is or who that is. It's I, fun. It's fun to get these yeah. crossover games. I think that's well, that's something you're going to see. Uh, Division two has done a great job with that as well. There's a bunch of teams from Division two that are playing some out of state games as well this year. Well, so. you know, it's not a. I, I, here's uh, a moment to complain a little bit. It's not going to be as easy to figure out who some of these out of state teams are this year. It's uh, a little bit of a void there trying to trying to check out out of state schedules, but. Uh, I don't know. Any other final thoughts about um, Division One? Um, well, I, you know, we'd be we'd be remiss if we didn't at least mention mention Salem and the great job they did the last the last couple of years. They they return almost all of the you know they didn't have a huge senior class. They were a very uh, young team. I think the big issue there is is the turnover with the coaching over the last couple of years and getting some consistency there. But you know that that's another team that um, I you know will be in that hunt for for one of those top teams there. We're one of those top seeds. Uh, so let's move on to Division Two. Um, when do we start calling it the uh, the Dairyfield Invitational? Is that is that a fair <laughs> a fair statement or? Uh, 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 I'm well, ki- I ki- I'm kidding. <laughs> based on based on the uh, based on what what uh, what I see this year, I I think Division Two is as wide open as it's been in a long time. I think there's I think there's eight or nine teams that can all compete this year. I uh, I would um, agree I with you on that. Yeah, I I, I think so. Um, you know, will will I will I put our team up there? Absolutely. I think we should be in the mix, and we expect to be in the mix. But um, you know, I think you have to start uh, with a team that we faced the last two years in the finals uh, in Portsmouth. You know, they they still return. I mean, they have the weapon that everybody would love to have in Cole Browns. Right. The kid can do everything. He was Offensive Player of the Year last year for a good reason. Um, you know, he faces off. When he's tired, he plays attack. He'll play midi. He, he doesn't come off the field. And the kid can score from anywhere on the field. He's dynamic. Um, you know, there's a reason that Utah, Utah committed him early in, in his uh, recruitment. So, um, but that isn't their entire team. Um, you know, they've got, they've got other guys. They've got two goalies in uh, Nolan Pafford. And um, give me one second here. I'm blanking on it. Um, but they do have they do have two fantastic they have they have a resource that uh, most teams would wish they would have in uh, Nolan Pafford and um, Jack Waldo in there and they, it was kind of weird where last year we faced both of them I think I believe right. we faced Jack the first time around and had a fantastic game against us and then we had to face a different goaltender in Nolan in, in the in the championship there and um, you know it was just two two really good right. kids from you know. from what I remember he was rotating goalies pretty much almost every other mm-hmm. game last year. I don't know about once the playoffs hit, but but I remember seeing them a couple times and it was a different, you know, the, each kid played. Two two really nice kids too. They came to my goalie clinic this winter and they, they seem to get along really well together and work well as a team. So I would expect them to be split in time. They may even split time in the same game this year. And they have a, uh, a pretty interesting schedule this year. Um, you know, putting a couple of uh, Division One teams on there with Nashua North, Londonderry and Sauhegan. Um, you know, they get two games this year with Wyndham, which should be, uh, you know, pretty good matchups. Um, They've got an 18-game schedule. Yeah, they're going to yeah. be they're going to be challenged this year. Um, that game with Newburyport, Newburyport in Massachusetts is a, is a very good team. Um, is that one on the no? It's at home, at so home. they get them at home, and then they play it. They turn around and play us two days later. So, you know, they they've got a pretty challenging schedule early on there. They're gonna they're gonna see what they're made of. Yeah. Um, but they they return a lot of good guys. They've got Dom Iafola on attack. They've got Ryan Grolo. Uh, they have a, a talented kid, Jack Parker, who can play both attack and midfield. Um, they returned a kid, Jack Dowling, from, uh, from St. Thomas, who came back as a midfielder. Um, they're going to be loaded again. They've got a great youth program. 
Coach Fisher does a great job of, of organizing these guys, great schemes, great man up and man down. Um, you know, they're definitely a favorite to return to the, to the finals again this year. Who's probably the next team? I mean, I, I think maybe when a lot of, a lot of people look at division two, they know, you know, they know Dairyfield, they know Portsmouth are going to be there, but, but is it, is it like division one where there's almost like a, a second grouping or who are the other teams that are, are maybe going to be, I think, know. uh, I, I think there's a lot of talk this year. Uh, Winnicunit was a younger team last year. Coach Snow returns just about everyone from his team. He lost some defense but he only lost one guy, Ethan Jones, on, on uh, midfield, that sort of midfielder attackman. Um, so their, their offense is going to be pretty talented this year. Um, they've got, uh, they've got an, a senior attackman in Tyler Hoare, Josh Chase, Nick Merrick at, at midfielders, and they've got two just huge intimidating defensemen in Joe McDougal and Lou Granger that I think are football you're kids, big yeah. football guys. Yeah. Um, they, do have to, they do have to break in a new goaltender this year. I believe their faceoff guy left as well. Um, but they're a team that I think everybody has kind of pegged as being one of the one of the favorites to, to get to the final four again this year. Um, and then after that, you know, there's a team that I'm keeping my eye on uh, in Wyndham that gave us a great game in the semifinals last year. Um, you know, they've got they've got some pretty talented players as well. Um, you know, you got to you got to talk to one the other day, yep. Cody Stevens. Um, he recently committed to UMass Lowell. Um, so they're they're always athletic. They've got a lot of guys, but they're another team. Need to find a faceoff guy. Need to find a goaltender. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I was imp- what impressed me was just, I mean, Cody, you know, is kind of a. I mean, he seems to have a motor that doesn't doesn't stop. And you know whether that that's always a good thing, you know, I guess remains to be seen. But he is just physically seems like a the kind of kid that doesn't come out of New Hampshire too too often. I mean. Well, I think- what, whether it's lacrosse or football, I mean, he yeah, was. Yeah, I was going to say you, you mentioned know, yeah. football. You know, he was just a beast on the field, yeah. and and he has that ability. He's a game changer. I mean, if he gets the ball in the open field, he's going to be a hard hard kid to stop. And as a goaltender, you know, you've got that pull. You're watching the player there, but the shot's coming from over here. Right. You know, he's going to be. It wouldn't surprise me at some point if he ended up on man up as well. I think they back in 2016 they did that did that with Steve Burnaby. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot, and he's a very similar similar build, similar type. Right. Player. And from what I understand, he's only just recently been a long pole like that that up until a few years ago he he'd been playing with a short stick in his Mm -hmm. hand and 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 i imagine i mean i I guess if if that were the case i mean if the opportunity arose i mean would it it would probably wouldn't be a surprise to see him out there in a man-up situation like that i think they will find creative ways to use him throughout the season but it's not for a lack of i mean they've they've got other good players um noah russ little brother jake uh, you know he he's grown into himself. He's going to be one of the top attackmen in the, in the league this year. Um, you know I would look for guys like Parker Rice, um, Alec Tunick. Um, uh, who, who else am I looking for here? Um, they've they've got they've got a couple guys. Tommy Doe. Um, they've got some guys that are returning that can that can uh, that are going to light up the scoreboard for them this year. You know one uh, one team that I'm kind of curious to to hear about because I really haven't heard too much about them. Um, they've got a new coach this year, and Cam Hayward, it's Hollis Brookline. Um, you know, a finalist a couple years ago. Um, you know, always have uh, seem to have a strong program, um, but I know they, they lost some of their top players last year. And what uh, Garrett Maloney, Ryan Olson. Um, you know, so what's what have you heard about um, the Cavaliers? 
Well, first of all, I think they're in great hands. Cam, Cam was a great player in his day, and um, you know his assistant is also coming over from Endicott too. Two young guys, a lot of energy. I think they're going to bring a lot of life to that program. And I think the thing that, that Hollis has going for them, if you look at their schedule, their first 11 games really until they play, until they come to us to play, or until we come to them, it's a very like it's a very winnable schedule. And, and I mean, that's, that, that's that's the last Monday can, of the regular season too. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that's a schedule that they can really kind of ease into things, develop some guys. They are going to be a younger team this year, um, but but I think you know they've got some they've got some really good players. Um, Joe McDonough, I think, is going to have a huge year for him. He's been working hard uh, going to face-off clinics. He's a good two-way midi. Uh, when he gets his hands free, he can really shoot the ball hard. Um, J.J. Fiore on attack, I think he's going to be a good player for them. Um, and then there's a kid uh, that's going to be a net this year, Scotty Walsh, who has is, is come to my goalie clinics for years, who I really love. I think he's a hard worker, um, good ball stopper. So I think even though they lost Garrett, they're going to be solid in the net. And they always seem to just have athletic defensemen, guys that move their feet well, that position themselves on the field. So they're going to be they're going to be a tough team to deal with again this year. Um, so I, I I expect them. You know, we'll see how good they are as the season progresses. But by record alone, I, I think they're going to be they're going to be a top four team yeah. this year. You know, and and looking at the the standings here alphabetically, um, the team right next to them here, uh, one that we always seem to to. Maybe, I don't want to say count out, but by the end of the year, you know, we just look at Goffstown and say, "Not this year." How are they? Yeah, yeah. Nope. they yeah. are. They are going to be. They are going to be a team to reckon with. I think. I think they're. They're happy to fly under the radar a little bit, but this is a team with two guys and John Irwin and Andrew McCarthy who who can who can get the ball every. T- they're going to have a, a one-two punch in the face-off circle that a lot of teams are going to envy. So they're going to be able to get the ball a lot. They've got an LSM and a close defenseman in, in Caleb Gordon who's very good. Um, you know they they've they're going to be they're going to be a team that I think a lot of teams are going to come in and uh, underestimate, but they they've got guys that can that can go. Nick Mason is going to be going to be a really good two way midi for him. That kid hardly comes off the field. I mean he's just a he's a wrecking ball and will run through just about anyone on the field. Um, I think most teams will key on him, but now he's got enough guys around him that he'll be he'll be very good for them this season. Uh, anybody else in Division Two that you think is, um, you know, that we haven't mentioned that is kind of again flying under the radar? Like uh, maybe, uh, you know, uh, you know, one actually now that I th- one team that we didn't mention at all, um, moving down from Division One, Merrimack. I know they've been kind of struggling the last couple of years at, in Division One. How much is you know a move down gonna gonna help them? I think I think it's huge for them. I think they always have good numbers. I think you know again in in years past they've they've had a really tough schedule and it's hard to build momentum when you're like that. And I think I think Division Two is going to give them a nice opportunity to to build the confidence, play some of their younger guys. They have a great town system, um, so I I think Merrim- Merrimack will be. I think they're they're a year or two away. They've got to adjust to it, but I think this year will be a really good year for them. But it, but a team in Merrimack Valley, I think that's a team again very manageable schedule i don't see more than two or three losses on that schedule for them this season again i think you know you may not see a portsmouth or dairy field as a one or two seed this year based on based on the uh the schedules that both teams have put together i could see a winnicunit i could see a hollis i could see a merrimack valley i could see some of these teams being top one two three teams in portsmouth and dairy field maybe even having to play in the quarterfinals or in the semifinals yeah um Um, they were a top merrimack valley was the four seed last year i believe mm -hmm. um 
Yeah, it's, they, it's certainly capable of um, finishing up there. They've got two kids in Colby Mercier and Max Lacey, who I think are going to have huge years for them this year. Um, very good players at the midfield. Max has played a lot of attack before, but I think they're going to move him to midfield to get more touches. I think it's a good move. They did lose Dylan Arant. He's up at, up at Berwick Academy now. But, um, you know, this is a group that's been together for a long time. Um, they played together all through youth and through middle school, and now this is kind of their, this is kind of their big run together here. Um, they've got a good defender in Nick Kufos. Um, uh, they've got a solid goaltender. Um, they, they've got all the pieces they need to be to be a playoff team this year and, and can make a run at the finals. Um, well, I think uh, let's move on to D3 now, and I think any conversation about what Division Three is going to look like uh, has to start with Hopkinton, um, two-time undefeated champs. Um, they did lose some pretty good talent from – that team last year, including um, you know two-time uh, defensive player of the year and Jerry Donahue, uh, but they have probably one of the best athletes in Division Three coming back in, in Colby Quiet. When you have a Colby Quiet on your team, that's gonna that's gonna make up a lot of mistake. That's gonna make up for a lot of mistakes on the team. Yeah. Um, he, he's a he's an athlete that very few teams in Division Three are gonna be able to match up with, um, and I, I think with him alone, you know they they're definitely considered one of the top teams. They were very impressive in indoor this year. Um, they've got a lot of guys out playing. Their youth program's been strong. And uh, Coach Deacon Blue has done a great job of, of building up the program there. Um, a team that arguably could, could easily compete in Division II with, with the rest of the teams up there. Yeah, they, I mean, they return a couple other kids that, um, you know, I think, I, you know, looking at the names on the roster, I kind of remember them, but didn't, you know, they weren't, you know, huge contributors last year. Uh, Paul Molnar, who, um, Actually, I believe had the lone goal in the uh, D3 hockey championship game, the game-winning goal there for the John Stark Hopkinton uh, co-op team. Um, you know, Kiernan uh, Byrne, I believe that's how you say his first name. Apologize if that's not. Um, you know, he was, uh, from what I remember, was a standout defender last year for them, and he's back. Um, you know, they look like it. I, I, I don't know. It just seems like a program that is starting to get to the point where they just they just are reloading every year. I, I agree, and that's why I think I think if this continues for another cycle or two, I think that would be a team that you would see jump up to to Division Two. Um, another team that I I'm I'm high on this year I, that I think could also make that jump based on their youth program is Pelham. Um, Pelham's got a very strong team this year. They've got Charlie Caton at the midfield, um, who's a recent Franklin Pierce commit. Um, they've got Jackson Snyder in net, very strong goaltender there um they've got some really nice pieces that i i think can possibly make a run make a run at uh with with, with hopkins in there yeah they were a team what last year they didn't um didn't have a head coach what until what I two weeks into the season yeah. pretty much yeah you know and, and it, we wondered what kind of start they were going to get off to they were undefeated i think most of the year and only lost maybe one game um during the regular season um you know, so you got to think that a lot of that, it, it doesn't sound like they lost a lot. Um, they lost, uh, you know, going off of their roster, from their playoff roster, they lost two seniors last year. They lost an attack. They lost two attackmen. So, um, you know, it looks like looks like a pretty, pretty strong team returning. Yeah. Um, you know, and another team that that seems to be always there um, last year's runner up Laconia. Um, they've got a pretty good kid back in, in Jacob Steele. Um, you know, I would expect them to certainly be a team that's, uh, you know, once again fighting for that Final Four spot. Um, 
I, I like Pl I like Plymouth too. Yeah. Looking at their roster, they return a lot of guys. They had some seniors, but they've done a nice job of building up that program. Uh, you know, Coach Glenn's got a, a lot of you know he's he he seems to get his best athletes to come out. He he's also on the football staff and and brings out you know his guys uh, out on the field there. Um, you know, and that's a program that over the over the years has been a consistent you know top eight Final Four team. I don't know anyone else that um, you know we. we I actually kind of forgot to mention um, two playoff teams from Division Three last year made the move up to D, uh, D2. You lose Co, Co Brown and Conval uh, out of Division Three, Opens up some spots for maybe some uh, some teams that haven't made the playoffs um, that came close last year. Of course, Milford last year, Interlakes, Moultonboro were fighting for those final playoff spots. Um, you know, I know Milford has uh, Gavin Erta back, the uh, coach uh, Rich Erta's son. Um, you know, he's again like his brothers and his dad. Their just numbers a, a, look fantastic yeah. in indoor, and they played they played really well. Uh, they made the pl playoffs in at least one of the two sessions. Um, th they're a strong team. Again, you know that's it's going to depend a little bit on the schedule there. Um, I like Trinity. I think Trinity's got a really really good team uh, coming back again this year. Again, a team that's done a great job of building up building up numbers there. Um, you know, and then I think. Um, Kearsarge as well. Kearsarge, Monadnock. Right. Monadnock was a young team last year. Yeah, and um, they've got a ton of kids that have played in some championship games in other sports. Um, you know, some really tough football players, I think, on that roster too. Uh, that that certainly helps. Uh, I think you know in this in a you know div division three where you're playing, you know, some smaller schools, teams that don't have as much depth. That's you know good to have those kids that are multi-sport athletes. Probably a little more important, I think. Yeah. So with four, you know with, with fourteen teams nine nine making the playoffs there I think it's similar to Division One where there's you know there's a clear I think there's a clear cut favorite in Hopkinton I think you, you put Pelham into that mix maybe a Trinity uh, you know uh, Plymouth Monadnock based on returning guys and and it's really wide open after that you know I think everyone everyone's chasing Hopkinton but it'll be it'll be a really fun season in Division Three as well as it unfolds. Any other final thoughts on the uh, the lacrosse season as a whole as we get uh, or we wrap this one up? I'm I'm exhausted right now. That's a, that's <laughs> an, that's we we've got an impressive list of players going on here to watch this season. Um, I just I'm knocking on wood. The weather has been fantastic to start, but I know it's New England, and you know we're due it's, we're due yeah. for some weird weather here. But hopefully, things things continue as the way they are. I know a lot of teams without turf are pretty thankful right now that. Uh, that it's been a great start. Well, to the hopefully, season. the weird weather is that it gets warmer than, than <laughs> it normally does. That, that, I'll take, I'll take that. 60s and 70s for the rest of the spring. How about that? All right, <laughs> sounds good to me. Uh, he is Dairy Field Coach uh, Chris Hetler. Chris, thanks again for for joining me. And, My pleasure. Uh, uh, next week we will uh, take a look at the girls' side of uh, of things in, in New Hampshire lacrosse. Uh, talk a little bit about them as we get, still get ready for the season here. Of course, everything starts on April 8th. I want to remind everybody, too, that if you haven't yet, you can still sign up for a uh, – we're doing a special uh, lacrosse membership uh, for this spring. Um, you know, if you go to the website, nh-highschoolsports.com, you click on the membership tab up at the top, you'll be able to find out or um, be able to sign up for it. What it is is you get uh, access to all lacrosse content uh, through the end of the season, July 1st, let's say. Uh, you also will get um, a copy of our preview magazine and the yearbook at the end of the year. So uh, please go ahead and check that out, and you know we'd love for your support. Uh, and once again, thanks for listening. Again, he's Chris Hetler. I am Joe Marcellina. 
We'll talk to you next week.